message today, the experiences of a Christian, that is, those that call themselves Christians, may not be all God-related. You know, we, we deal in experiences as Christians. We deal in experiences in the sense that, you know, people talk about the experience that they had with, with the Lord. Well, we deal in experiences, but sometimes people have experiences that, that are not God-related. They're, they're, they come by other means. I don't know all the means, but they come by other means that they come. There are some radical and fundamental experiences that lie in the root of every Christian's life. Just remember this one thing. The new birth is an experience. It's something that you have to experience in your life if you're, if you're saved. You know, people, the, the sad part about it is, and I know you, you folks know this is true, people never talk about the new birth. They never talk about being born again. Our people, and, and, and I, I promise you, if you'll ask, before, before I preach this message the first time, I did ask two people. I said, do you know what it means to be born again? Both of them professed to be Christians. And they said, no, I never heard of it. And so uh, that's what you run into today as far as experiences are concerned with the Lord. And, and so uh, salvation is a new experience with the Lord. It's simple as that. It's, it's a new experience with the Lord and, and in the sense that uh, that uh, these experiences come. And so we want to look at this morning, there's a couple of things we want to look at today in these, in these messages, these, these verses that I preached. Now what are these experiences? And why are they needed? Well, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14 gives us an understanding of this. He says, For the love of God... I'm sorry, for the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. You know, there's a time when all of us are dead. We're dead in our trespasses and sins. I know, I know, I did not know what that meant when I was unsaved. I didn't know until I was 22 years old what that really meant. I walked to church aisle when I was 10 years old. But uh, I, I, I learned that, you know, if, any, if anybody had asked me when, uh, when I was, the time I, from between the time I was 10 years old until I was 22 years old, if anybody would have asked me, uh, they said, uh, are you a Christian? I would have said yes. Because when I walked to church aisle at 10 years old, I was told that that's all I needed to do. And I didn't understand that as a 10-year-old, what, what all of that meant. And so I would have just said, yeah, I'm a Christian. But there's one thing that I lacked in my life, and a lot of people lack it today, and that is the new birth. Being born again. You know, it, it's, it's, it's so simple it's so simple that it seems so complicated. And that is, you know, if you're not born again, then you're not going to heaven. 
You may have walked a hundred church aisles. You may have been in the baptismal waters a thousand times. And you may have been in every church as one lady one time several years ago. She tried going to every church in the, in the city. The city had about 15 or 20 churches inside the city limits. And she tried going to every church to get a satisfaction of her salvation. And somebody asked her one time, they said, well, why? Or why, why are you going to every church? She said, well, I want to be sure I'm right. Well, you're still wrong. You're still wrong if you haven't been born again. That's the simple. I can't, I can't put it any simpler for you. You're still wrong if you haven't been born again. It's a new birth experience. Yes, all were dead in their trespasses and sins. That's the reason Christ came and died. That's the reason Christ had to die for you because you were dead in your trespasses and sins. I mean, if, if somebody had told me when I was going in the military, if somebody had told me, well, you're dead, I would have thought it meant something else. But when, uh, but when I read the scriptures and the scriptures were brought to me, when the Lord saved me by Brother Jim Jeffries, when the, when the, Christ, when the scriptures were brought to me, said, you're dead in your trespasses and sins. You need to be quickened. Now, what does all that mean? What does all that mean to a lost person? That doesn't mean a thing. You can go through your whole Christian life, quote, unquote, go through your whole Christian life just not understanding what all of that means. And that's the reason we have to be so careful today because we don't realize... People still don't realize what that means to be dead in your trespasses and sins. And, and of course, if you go to second, you go to Ephesians, the second chapter, you'll understand what I'm talking about. We're not going over there today in that. But it was um, it, the great apostle told the Roman church, he says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You know, death is passed up on all men. Yeah, we're dead if we're not saved. And let me tell you, if you die in that condition, you're really dead. You're dead in hell. And you don't, and a lot of people don't realize why they're there. They don't understand it. They don't understand why they're there. They're not going to understand that. They're, they're never going to. They're going to do the same thing they did here on earth. They're going to complain all through hell. Now, can you imagine that first world? You know, those people that were in that first world, as far as I know, as far as the Bible teaches, there was only one person that God declared to be saved in that first world, and that was Noah. He was the only one that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, you'll say, well, what about his family? Well, his family was a uh, was was blessed because Noah was a saved man, just like your family will be blessed if your husband is saved, your, your daddy, your daddies, your daddies are saved, or your mothers are saved. That family will be blessed because they're going to do just exactly like Moses did. I Noah did. Noah told his family, said, "Let's go. We got to go." You know, and they followed him, and and they were blessed in that. Now, I don't know about the salvation of their souls, but 
we know that Peter says they were saved, not, not necessarily salvation, but they were saved from the flood, flood as a result of Noah's salvation. So there's a lot can, I tell you folks, when you're saved, there's a lot of people around you are blessed people because you're going to show it, you're going to talk to them, you're going to tell them about it, and you're going to, you're going to be blessed by it. That's Romans 5 and verse 12 I read to you. God needs, God needs no change, but it, but it is the lost sinner that needs the change. The title of my message, I didn't even tell you what the title of it is. The title of my message is the change that takes place. The change that takes place. I probably should have told you that in the beginning. Would helped you out some. The change that takes place. God does not need to change. You know, there's a lot of people says, well, God has to reconcile himself to us. I heard a preacher preach that one time many years ago. God has to reconcile himself to us. God doesn't have to reconcile himself to anyone. Because God is exactly what he was for all eternity. God has no beginning. God had no end. God has always existed. And there's no such thing as, as God needing anything. But we need something. We need reconciliation to God. And the only way you're going to get it is through this new creation or this new birth, as it is mentioned there. Now, secondly, there is a change taking place. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. Old things, and I, li I like this. I like this. I, I can't. I can tell you, but old things have passed away. They're gone. But the problem we have today is we have people running around today who say they're Christians and they still live in their old life. You can't do that, folks. You can't, you, just, you can't just keep on living your old life. There's a new life that takes place. I like, uh, as I told you before, I like what old Brother Wayne Massey says, you know. Uh, he One time back sometime several weeks ago, he always, on Saturday night, he always puts something in there about tomorrow's church day and, and tells people to be in church. Well, I like what he said several uh, weeks, maybe several months ago. He was reading one, and he said, uh, he said, you know, said we're not the same people when we're saved. I mean, he, he comes out very plainly with it. We're not the same people. Old things have passed away. In, in, in the new creation, the old things are gone. That's a problem with a lot of modern Christians today. They want to keep some of the old things alive and well in their life. You can't, do, you can't go and do what you used to do. You can't go and do. I know Brother Sam. Brother Sam, you were saved after you went through the military, didn't you? You were saved after you went through the military, didn't you? You were saved before that? Well, uh, I know that uh, if somebody had come to me then and said, old things have passed away, they've got to be new, they, they probably had a fight on their hands. Because I've said this a thousand times. I know I say it a lot, but I say it a lot because I want you to see it a, a lot, you know. Uh, you, I, I, I didn't know anything about what was going on in my life. I thought everything was just fine. 
I thought everything was just fine. You know, I rode my motorcycle up the steps at a church building where Brother uh, Brother Jim Jeffries was preaching, was pastoring. And I rode my motorcycle up there, and he, and, and he came out, and he told me, he said, Son, you're going to die and go to hell. And from that time forward, from those, those words that came out of his mouth, from that time forward, I rode that motorcycle back down those steps, and I said, Well, if there is a hell, nobody ever told me about hell. I never been told about hell. I said, if there's a hell, I'm going to find it, and I'm going to ride this motorcycle right into it. Now, that's how I was. I thought everything I did was right. Well, let me tell you, folks, everything you do before you're saved is not right. And let me tell you, if you think you're going to be saved by being in church or you think you're going to be saved by walking this church aisle or, or praying what they call a sinner's prayer, you're wrong. I don't, I don't care what you think about it, you're wrong. Because the Bible says you must be born again. The only way, only way you're going to go to heaven, you must, be, you must become a new creation. God recreates us, and he takes those old things that we once had, he, he gets rid of them in our lives, and we, live, we begin to live the new creation life. The new creation, we, we want to live the old creation life, and that's not the kind of life we live in that. No person can create him or herself. The Bible says, for we are his, we, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That's the new creation. That's the new creation. Our life begins in the fact that God has molded us and he has made us just like he took the clay. He's molded us. He's made us what he wants us to be in this life. Now, I know that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing for me to preach. It's a hard thing for me to say. It's a hard thing for you to hear. But there's a new creation. There's... God has recreated us, and, and there's a new creation that comes upon us. God has ordained that all things in us are new. All things around us are new. In other words, we find a new crowd to hang out with. What better crowd can you have to hang out with than the Lord's people? There's no better crowd, folks, I'm telling you. There's no better crowd to, to hang out with but the Lord's people. I can get this paper separated. But anyway, uh, no better crowd to hang out with. And I'll say this, and I've said it many times, you're as close to heaven as you'll ever be in one of the Lord's churches. You're as close to heaven as you'll ever be here on earth. It's like a man told me one time, he said, I couldn't stand to go in church and sit with a hypocrite. I said, well, he said, a hypocrite's going to hell. And he says, I wouldn't even go and sit in hell. I, I said, well, you probably will. I said, you be better you better think about that. As far as I know, he never did, never did anything happen to him. Matter of fact, he got killed in a car wreck. 
several years, several years after that. It was Jehovah God who said, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put in within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. In, in Ezekiel 36 and verse 26. He says, I'll give you a whole new heart. He says, I don't let you let walk in this earth with that same old heart because you're going to do the same old things you did be, because of that. God has removed the old rock hard heart and replaced it with a soft and loving heart. Thirdly, there is a divine working of a sovereign God. To wit, it says, that God was in Christ reconciling the world, that is, the worldly, reconciling the worldly unto himself and imputing their, their trespasses unto them, or, or I'm sorry, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath, hath commended unto us those that, have, those that are changed, the word of reconciliation. It's easier to talk about God after you're saved. Do you think you could talk about God before you're saved? No, most people don't want to talk about God before they were saved. They don't want to hear about God, but, but that, that, that means it's easier to talk about God after you're saved, to talk to other people about God after you're saved in this. And he goes on to say the, the word, well, let's say this, the word of reconciliation it's through the preaching of the gospel of Christ. That's what he means by the word of reconciliation. In other words, we can, we can witness to others. And he goes on to say, further on to say, now, after the Lord has changed us, now we are ambassadors for Christ. Now, what is an ambassador? What is an ambassador today? When, when somebody is an ambassador, they go to other countries and they speak on behalf of, of the president of this country. At least that's what they're supposed to do. Well, we, we become ambassadors to Christ in that we go out, after the Lord saves us, we go out and we speak on behalf of the master that we now have. We, do, we don't go out and, 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 and talk a bunch of garbage, though a lot of us get caught doing it. We catch ourselves doing it. I call, I've caught myself doing it many times. I said, I shouldn't be talking like this. I shouldn't be, I should be talking about the Lord. And, and, but, but we don't do it. A lot of times, a lot of times we have such hard time, but he says after we're saved, we become ambassadors. We become ambassadors for Christ in verse 20, 20, verse 20. How many of us feel we have that change? as to tell others about Christ. How many of you feel like you've had that change that you can go and tell others about Jesus, that's what's happened in your life? That's an ambassador. That's what he's referring to here. This is what an ambassador does. He speaks on behalf of his master. And lastly, there is the love of a sovereign God for his children. There is a love for a sovereign God for his children. How is that love implemented? He says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now let me, let me tell you folks, there, there's nothing like 
having a substitute. There's nothing like having someone who will substitute his own life for your life. You know, if God gave us, if God gave every one of us what we deserve, he would have sent us to hell. Every one of us. If he had given us what we deserve, he would have sent us to hell. But he didn't. Why did why did he not? Why is he not going to send us to hell? It's because of Jesus Christ was made sin for us. A man, a man who never committed a sin, a man who I don't believe could commit a sin. Jesus could not have committed a sin. He had sinless blood. He had a sinless life. He lived that sinless life, and he took all the he took all of our sins. Like the scapegoat in the Old Testament, he took all of our sins upon himself and he took them to the Calvary and he died there on the tree cleansing us of all of our sins. Everybody that had sins upon him, when he went to Calvary, he cleansed them. Old Testament, New Testament. It didn't make any difference. Us or those before us. He took all those sins. Now, the Old Testament, you know, that's why Paul says over here, over there in the book of Hebrews, he says in the, in the uh, 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, he says that they were not free, and I'm, I'm just putting it in common English, they are not free as long as we're not free. They had to wait until we came along and, and Christ came to the earth and lived among us before they could become free. When Jesus died on, a, on, on Calvary's tree, he died there and he freed up every Old Testament saint that was looking forward to him coming and dying. And for everyone in the, in the future that's going to look back at him dying for them. He died for you. He died for me. He died that we might have life everlasting. And what a great thing that is. I tell you. You, you don't, you don't, you know, a lot of people says, well, people sh shouldn't do these things. Uh, I've, I've done had somebody tell me that I, I shouldn't get up here and preach and about pass out. Well, you, you, you're just talking to a log when you're talking to that. Because I'm going to do everything I can to preach as long as God will let me preach. I'm going to preach, and as long as he'll let me preach, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I preached this message twice this week, and I and now I've preached it the third time. And I'm going to do that. Why? Because I'm not going to be still for what Jesus did for me. It has nothing to do with what you've done for me, and all of you have been good to me. Every one of you has been good to me. My family's been good to me. Every one of them has been good to me. They don't understand me sometimes, like some of y'all don't understand me, but they've been good to me. Like one person told me one time, not here at church, one person told me one time, he said, well, I don't see how anybody can like an idiot like you. I said, well, I said, that's something I guess people have to deal with. Well, let me tell you, folks, and I want to end this message with this. Praise God that he does not change us 
I'm sorry, praise God that he does not charge us with our sin, but made his own sinless son sin in our place. Did you know that God is not going to charge you with the sin you committed before you were saved? Now, he, you're going to have to give an answer for sins you commit after you're saved. You have to give an answer for that. That don't mean you're going to hell. You're not going to hell because you sinned. You've got, you got religion out there right now that are telling their people, right this morning, they're telling their people, if you commit a sin, you're going to die and go to hell. I don't care if you are a Christian. And you know what their remedy is? I saw on Facebook this week I was watching somebody I know on Facebook, and they put something on there, and they were showing some of their church services. And they had three steps, three long steps, came up to the pulpit. You know what those other, you know what those steps were for? They were the altar. And, and when, and when, uh, and, and when the pastor told them in that church, when the pastor told them, he says, if you've sinned, sin, then you need to be resaved. What they do? They come up, all of them kneel down there, and they and they were resaved. And they'll have to do that next week too, and the next week, and the next week, and the next week, and the next week. Praise God, we don't have to do that. I don't have to go to God every day and say, "Lord, I need to be saved because I've committed a sin." I need to go to God and say, "I repent of it, and I hate that sin I committed, and I repent of it, Lord." And I pray that you'll forgive me for it. And knowing that he will is a great blessing in my life. It'll be a great blessing in yours too. And praise God, I want to thank God for getting me through this message. If Brother Reggie will come and shut this thing off, and I'm going to come down front.